Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to begin a series tonight and maybe a little more teaching along that lines, but I want to deal with the things that are coming. We're going to, we've titled the series, It's Coming, and we're going to begin here tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We begin reading in verse 13. Said, I would not, but, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye, should, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the, of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Verse 17, back, go back to it. Then we which are alive and remain shall be, notice what it says, be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, The Rapture is Coming. And let's pray. Lord, we come to you this evening asking that you'd meet with us tonight. Lord, as we look at some of the things on, that's coming in the next few weeks, Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts, awaken us. Lord, so many times we hear these truths taught and we just kind of, let them slide and we really don't pay much attention to them. We don't take them to heart and mind and allow them to stir us to live in a greater way. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us, Lord, that we wouldn't just receive information, but Lord, we would take the Word of God and Lord, that it would stir our hearts in these last days. Have your will and way, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. When you look at the prophetic calendar, we're aware of some things that are coming or coming events, you might say. And one of those is the rapture of the church. And there's a lot of, I'll be honest with you, there's a, a great deal of confusion surrounding the rapture of the church. There's some that don't believe that it's going to happen or even, you know, they'll even take place. And there's those that have different thoughts of when it's going to take place. And we're going to look at a little bit of that. We're not going to cover all that tonight, but uh, I want us to look at some things here that uh, a lot of people don't have a biblical understanding or a biblical stance on the rapture of the church. You say, well, preacher, does it really matter? Yes, it does matter. It really does matter. Because it helps us to understand the coming of the Lord is near in our lives and it should spur us to live for the Lord within great anticipation of His coming, but to live out everything, every day that we can while He gives us a life that we might do those things that will bring honor and glory to His name. And, and we need to understand it and point people to the, to the return of Christ because this thing's winding down. This thing's really winding down. A lot of people say, well, we've been hearing that for years. Well, there's lots of the things happening uh, back then that are happening now. This thing's winding down. And so we're looking at some coming events. It's coming the, is what we've titled the series. But tonight we're going to look at it. It's the rapture. In the next few messages, we're going to be looking at those things that are coming. And, 
and uh, part of it is uh, going to be the uh, the tribulation. But we'll uh, we'll save that for another time to look at it. Well, first of all, let's consider where the the term rapture comes from, because you'll not find that word in the Bible. The word rapture is not in the Bible. And a lot of people use that and say, well, it's not going to happen. You, you talk about the rapture happening and the word rapture is not in the Bible. And so, therefore, uh, you're just making up something and, and, and we don't need to worry about it, don't need to think about it. Well, you've got to understand that in the translations we use different words. But I want to look at this. Look at verse 17 there again. It says, then we which are alive and remain. And notice what it says, shall be caught up. Shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The original, in the original Greek New Testament, the word in the Greek there that actually takes in the words shall be caught up. One word for those four words is harpazeo. That word harpazeo means to snatch, to seize, to carry away. And that's where that comes from. It's used 14 times in the New Testament, and five of those times are instances that are referring to a supernatural catching away or moving of a person from one place to another place. Okay? It's used five times just specifically that, moving one person uh, place supernaturally from one place to another in the New Testament. Such as was Philip, when he was done baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip up and deposited him elsewhere. That's found in Acts chapter 8, verse 39 and 40. You can look it up. It talks, uses the same terms about being caught up. Uh, another sign, another one is the sign of the woman and the child and the dragon described in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 5. When the woman gave birth, her child was supernaturally caught up to God and to his throne. Another is when Paul was caught up into heaven. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 2, begin verse 2, it says, I knew a man, and Paul speaking, he says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth such and one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. And so Paul himself was caught up and some say, well, that was a dream. Well, you could say it was a dream, but if you look at that, it says, and was caught up. Okay, that means he was removed. And so Paul was caught up into the presence of the Lord and received the word of God, instruction from the Lord uh, at that time. And then you have our text that we spoke of here in verse 17. So it says uh, that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we have a supernatural catching up of the saved. Okay, the supernatural catching up of the Lord. The word harpazeo was translated into Latin. And that word in Latin is rapturo, which is where we get our English word rapture. So when we say rapture... It basically goes back to the Latin that came from the Greek, okay, when it was translated, and that's where we get it. And that's where we, why we talk about the rapture instead of always talking about being caught up, okay. Uh, it's a term that is, is widely known and used by many, but a lot of times people say it's not there, so we can't believe in it. Well, that's where the word comes from in our English translation that we have. You hold in your hands an English translation, okay, that was translated. And so when you go back to the Latin, you go 
back to the Greek, it's harpazeo. You go to the, to the Latin, it's raptero. And then it's rapture or being caught up in the English version. So rapture is the supernatural catching up uh, into heaven described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, verse 17. It's the leaving of this world at the calling of the Lord to go into the presence of the Lord Jesus forever. Look at verse 16 here. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And go on, look at that. It says, with the voice of the archangel. Now, when you think about a shout, it's not like, hey, everybody, come on up here. <laughs> with a shout. You know, it's one of those things when you're, the kids or grandkids or somebody's way off from you and you're trying to get their attention that you holler out real loud. That's a shout. And, and so he says that the, with the voice of an archangel, so that's a powerful voice. But notice what it says, with the trump of God. With the trump of God. It's a blasting, could I put it this way? It's a blasting voice. It's a shout. It's a blasting voice. A trumpet blast. I don't know if you've ever been around, and I've seen, I've seen different ones, and I wish I had one of these on my school bus, that, these, horn, these train horns that they have, you know, they're, they're powered by air. Man, I wish I had one on, I wish I had one on my truck. I'd have a lot of fun with that. Especially when Janine walks in front of it. But there's a blasting sound that's going to come forth from heaven. As Jesus himself speaks with the voice of the archangel, the sound of God, the trump of God is going to sound. It's going to be a powerful, a powerful uh, sound. Uh, and, and, and then it says that, we, and says, then they which were, and it goes on, says, and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those who were saved after the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, those who, who were, had received Christ that have died and been buried, they first will come out of the graves. But this says, they which are alive and remain, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together, raptured up, taken up with them into the clouds. Notice it it's into the clouds. And, and a lot of times people begin to confuse some things when you talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ and when you talk about the rapture of Jesus Christ because it talks about him, us going up to meet him, let me explain something to you and you need to hang on to this through this series. The second coming of Jesus Christ is not the same thing as the rapture. Not the same thing. There's two different things here. The second coming of, of Jesus Christ will be at the end of tribulation. And we'll get into this later. When he literally comes back to the earth, just as I'm standing here on the earth, the rapture is when he comes in the air. Okay? Two different things. Don't confuse them. A lot of people have taken them, tried to tie them together and make, make something out of them that's not, but it's completely two different events that's going to take place. And there's two different times that it's going to take place. I mean, two different timings that's going, to, that's going to happen. So you have, first of all, you have the, the Lord coming in the air. And so we'll be caught up into the clouds with him. And notice there it says, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. Now notice what it says there, to meet the Lord where? In the air. Okay, in the air. And that tells us that he's not coming back to set foot upon the earth. This is not the second coming. So he's coming back in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So, let's look at this here. So why a rapture? Why do we need a rapture, preacher? Why? I mean, what's the big deal? What's, what's the deal? Why, why a rapture? 
Well, first of all, to, to keep the saved from the wrath to come. What's the wrath to come? That's the tribulation period. We're going to be talking about that in this series because it's coming. The tribulation, the seven years' tribulation is coming. And the reason for the rapture of the church is to keep those who are saved from going through that seven years of the wrath of God that's being poured out upon this earth. Jesus died for us, and through his shed blood, we can have our sins washed away. It's a free gift. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. You just have to repent and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Acknowledge Him and put Him in your heart and life. I'm not talking about just repeating words. I'm talking about with your heart now. A lot of people want to go through just little, little, little things of... Uh, and a lot of them they call... You know, there's different types of... Uh, Catechism and stuff like that. If you go through this, if you go through these these lessons and these lessons and these lessons and these lessons and everything, then you're going to heaven. No, my friend, you're not. Right. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to go through a catechism or a lesson to get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So we must receive him. We find over in Romans chapter 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's not a catechism, it's a heart desire to receive Jesus Christ our Savior, to ask Him to forgive us of our sins, wanting Him as our Lord and Savior. Okay, and then he goes down to verse 13, he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, it's not baptism, it's not church membership. It's not going through all the being a good person, catechism, you can join churches and everything. It's none of that. But it's with the heart that we receive Jesus Christ. Now, well, preacher, what about some of the other stuff? Catechism is, for, and really what catechism is, is classes of teaching you about the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. We try to do that all the time. But that doesn't save you. Baptism is right. You're to follow the Lord and believers' baptism after you get saved. It's a testimony of what you have in your heart and life. It's, a, it's a obedience. It's the first step of obedience after salvation to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. Church membership is good and fine. You join together in a church and you're tied together uh, through that church. And so we see the different things here. They're good, but they won't get you to heaven. It's only by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And the reason I say this is that right now God is waiting. You might say He's on hold in a way, of his own choosing, allowing more time by the mercies of God, by the grace of God, by, the, the, by, by his love, he's waiting right now for more people to receive him as Savior. But at some point, he's going to lose patience and say, that's it. What's going to happen then? The trump of God's going to sound. Jesus Christ is going to come back in the air. And we're going to have what we call a rapture. But what you've got to understand is that he's trying to get us, keep us from going through the wrath. His wrath will be poured out for two primary reasons. First, to discipline the Jews into repentance. You've often heard me say that when you look at prophecy, look at it through the understanding of Israel. Not America, not Europe, but through Israel, through the Jews. 
The tribulation is primarily, primarily, but not completely, but primarily to work in the hearts and lives of the Jews to get them to turn to Jesus Christ. Through the difficulties, through the struggles, through all that's going to take place to get them to finally turn to Jesus Christ as the Messiah and receive Him. That's the number one thing. But number two, it is for God also to pour out His wrath upon unbelieving man who have rejected Jesus Christ, who have shook their fist in His face. Here's the strange thing, and we, we may deal with this in this series, but during that period of time, there's going to be those that when God does terrible things and, and they're under such terrible uh, wrath of God and, and, and struggles that they, they have an opportunity to repent and turn to God, but they don't. They shake their fist basically at Him and curse Him and, and go on their own way and knowing that it's God pouring out His wrath. See, why would they do that? Because the Bible says that they will believe a lie and their soul will be damned. Otherwise, they had the chance beforehand to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Holy Spirit dealt with their lives. Others give them the gospel. They had the opportunities. But at the rapture, when you and I are gone, guess who's also lifted out of here? The Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God deals with people's hearts. And their hearts become hardened. Their hearts become hardened. And so they don't want anything to do with God, many of them. So you have the Jew that God is dealing with to bring them. It's a time when, and really at this point in, in history, you might say, it's God really focusing, you might say, on the Jew. Right now, for the most part, the Jews are in blindness. They do not see, they do not understand. You have some that do and they're getting saved, some of them. But you have others that they just, you know, they, 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 they look at you, they smile, they're nice. And when you talk to them about Jesus Christ, but then they, they do not believe that. You talk to them, say, well, are you, are you, who are you then? They say, we are the chosen of God. They'll tell you that. You say, ah, they don't do that. You go into a mall where they're selling those little booths and everything, and you talk to them and, about the Lord and, and everything, and they'll talk to you about Jehovah God. And they will brighten up and they'll be glad to tell you, we are the chosen of God. But you talk to them about Jesus Christ. And at the very best, you might get someone to say he was a good man, a good teacher. There are some that are getting saved. There's some what we call Messianic Jews that really have an insight into the into the future as far as prophecy because they're linked together so tightly with, with the Jewish law and tradition. They have a great understanding. But there's one other thing that will also probably take place in that period of time. I've, I've had many ask me over the years, do you think, yes, God's dealing with the Jews to bring them to Jesus Christ. They will be saved during that period of time. And all these other people are going to go through the wrath of God. But do you think that the Gentiles, any of the Gentiles, will get saved? I believe there will be. But only those 
who have never really received a clear gospel witness and have not been at the place where they've rejected Jesus Christ. And so as you look at it, there will be those who, of those Gentiles that will help the Jews if you look at the scripture. They will hide them, they will help them as the Antichrist begins to come after them. And so that is, again, that would be the mercy of God, but they will have to, they'll have to die for their faith in Jesus Christ. Ultimately, the rapture of the church for the true born again Christian is to spare us of the seven years tribulation, the, the wrath of God. People say, well, I don't see that. Well, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, right across the page probably from where you're at, verse 9, look at this. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. Let me say that again. God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. You have really, in the Scripture, we are the ones that put the divisions of chapters in there. Chapter 5 is just a continuation of really of chapter 4. We're the ones that put the chapters and the verse markings in there to make it easier to break down, to use. And so this is just a continuation here as, as Paul is speaking here. And he, just a continuation of, of, the, uh, uh, of what he said about the Lord coming back. So he, he gets down here to, to catch us out here. And he says, for, the God, for God hath not, appointed, uh, us, hath not appointed us to wrath. What's wrath? That's the seven-year tribulation period that he's talking about. There's no biblical reason for us to experience the wrath of God. The wrath of, and, there, and, and due to the completeness of Christ's work on, on the cross, there's no spiritual reason for us to face the wrath of God. There's those who will say, okay, but what he's going to do, we're going to go through that period of time. We're going to go through some of that tribulation. We're going to go through that tribulation to purify the church. I believe there's going to be some purifying the church. I think that's called trials that we're going to go through. I think it's as things begin to tighten up before the Lord comes back. I think we're going to have some struggles and things of that nature. There's going to be some persecution and all that's going to go on. It's going to cause people who are not saved to leave the church, who don't want to be a part of a church that, that preaches the truth and preaches the gospel because it's not going to be popular and it's going to be looked down upon and maybe even persecuted. But true tribulation, the wrath of God... What would be the purpose of it? You're already saved. Can you get any more saved? You can't. There's no practical purpose even. Even I'm, 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 I'm taking, I'm taking uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9, just setting it aside and say, as if it's not there. What is the practical purpose of tribulation, a Christian going through tribulation? There is none. You can't become more saved. You say, well, preacher, uh, you can be purified, you can become better. Wait a minute. Aren't we saved by the, the, uh, the washing of, of, of the blood of Jesus Christ? What about your sins? Jesus Christ died for your sins, your past, your present, and your future. It wasn't that he just died for your sins until you got saved. 
There is not a person here, doesn't matter how much wrath of God you went through, could live a perfect life. Impossible. Why? Because you are living in the flesh. And you still have the struggles of the flesh. It will not be until we are out of here into the presence of the Lord that that will all change. The wrath of God is, is not for the Christian. Then, okay, then, if it's to keep us from the wrath, why the rapture also? Well, it's to be with Jesus. That's the reason. That's, that's why the, we have the rapture, so that we can be with Jesus Christ. Look there in uh, verse 17 again. It says, to meet the Lord in the air, the latter part, meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. To bring us into his presence. Even Jesus spoke of this wonderful, uh, these, uh, some wonderful words to his disciples. And really to us as a church in John chapter 14. Beginning in verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And notice what he says here. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, notice what he says here. Now, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Why the rapture? Keep us from the wrath of God. And to bring us into the presence of Jesus Christ forever. 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 The Lord Jesus speaks of his coming again to receive us to himself. He's not going to send an angel to get us. He's not going to send a bus to get us. He's not going to send SpaceX. Uh, he's not going to send uh, government officials. There's not going to be some special train. There's not going to be some special spaceship. There's not going to be anything except for Jesus Christ coming back in the air. Why? For us to go to be with him, to be with him. The greatest, the Apostle Paul said, spoke of, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. But what he's talking about, he also said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so the greatest culmination of everything in your life and my life is really centered around coming into the very presence of Jesus Christ one day. It really doesn't get any better than that. I mean, that's, it's, it's beyond our comprehension what it's going to be like to come into the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be with Him, knowing that He has raptured us out, that we're in His presence, that we'll never be, that, that we'll never be separated again. Never again will there be any separation from the Lord. It's a personal promise from Jesus. It's a personal presence of Jesus. It's a personal place with the Lord Jesus. As he comes in the air to, to call us into his, his presence. Why the rapture? Well, it's also to carry out what we call the Bema Seat Judgment. The Bema Seat Judgment which is the judgment seat of Christ. This judgment seat is for rewards. It has nothing to do with salvation. We're going to be caught up into the presence of the Lord, but there's going to be a judgment. And, only, and you say, well, why is it not going to have anything to do with salvation? Because only the saved, only those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ are going to be there. 
This is not the great white throne judgment that a lot of people think of that's going to be coming later. This is the Bema seat. This is the, this is the, 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 the judgment seat of Christ. And when we come before the Lord in this place, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 describes it as there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Otherwise, he said, I'm not having this judgment to pass judgment on whether you're saved or not. It's all about rewards. It's about your deeds. It's about how you lived. And this is where we better wake up, Christian. It's about how you live for the Lord Jesus Christ. There is coming a time that you and I will stand before the Lord in judgment, at the judgment seat of Christ, and the rewards will be given out. We will give an account of our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man may receive the things done in his body. That's talking about what you're living now. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Talking about your deeds, how you lived. You can't get to heaven by good deeds, but my friend, after you're saved, it's a good thing to have good deeds. It's a good thing to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a question of the believer's sins, but a matter of a reward on the basis of the believer's deeds. The, these are, many times we speak of them, we talk about the gold, the silver, the precious stones, the wood, the hay, the stubble. Okay? Those will be the rewards that will be handed out at this Bema seat, at this judgment seat of Christ. There will be rewards. If you lived your life without living for the Lord Jesus Christ, and you may have done some good things, you're going to get wood, hay, and stubble. But if you live your life now for Lord Jesus Christ, there's gold, silver, precious stones. There's also crowns to be given out for different things. And we're not going to deal with the crowns, but there's, there are rewards to be given. This is the Bema seat. This is, okay, you, you, you live for me, you serve me, you did this, you did this, you did this, and, and here's your rewards for that. And it's all brought before you. There is that judgment that's brought as they looked at the deeds, that the Lord looks at the deeds of your life and how you lived and, and how you obeyed Him and how you obeyed the Word of God. But there will also come a testing time of our rewards to see what will truly remain for eternity. In fact, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where it talks about that, if you go down to verse 13, it says, Every man's work, and before this it talks about the gold, silver, precious stones, the rewards there. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If a man's work abide, if a man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Now notice what it says, shall be saved, yet so as by fire. It's not a judgment of whether you're going to hell. It's about your rewards in heaven. It's about your rewards. We could go on, and we'll get to this probably later on, but in heaven, there will be that time when the, those that are before the Lord will, will bow and they will cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus Christ. What if everything that you've done in this life burn up? What do you have to give unto the Lord for His great salvation 
in what he's done in your life. That's why, Christian, now we need to be living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not living for our flesh, not living for the things of this world, but living for that which will last for eternity. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But first seek the Lord in, in what He wants in your life to, to live for. This beam of seat judgment will take place sometime between the rapture of the church and the second coming of the Lord when He comes back to the earth at the end of the tribulation period. Somewhere in there, that's where it's going to happen. It's so important that we understand that. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12 says, And behold, come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I've had people say, I don't care for anything. I don't care if I get any rewards in heaven. You're crazy. <laughs> so you just want, you want the rewards? You better believe I do. Why? So I can give them back to my Lord and Savior who rightly deserves them. He rightly deserves them. I would hate to think that I had absolutely nothing to show my love to the Lord. See, so, well, preacher, why is it that important? This is going to take place. You've got the rapture of the church and during this between the rapture and the second coming of Christ. It's going to be that judgment. And every one of us who are saved will be in that judgment. Every one of us. Every one of the church. Those who died before the rapture. Those who were taken up alive in the rapture. Those that was in the graves will come out of those graves. And everyone will come before the Lord. That's why, Christian, it's so important to realize that, hey, listen, once you get saved, you're not to live just any old way that you want to. You're to live for the Lord. Because there's coming the Bema seat, the judgment, before us one day. Why the rapture? Well, this might be good for Colton and, and Leah to ring the wedding bells. To ring the wedding bells. This is a time that the bride of Christ, which is the church, comes to be united with the groom, Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 19, begin verse 6 says, And I heard as it were a voice of a great multitude, as a voice of many waters, as a voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. The marriage supper of the Lamb. During this period of time, right after the rapture, you've got the judgment, the beam of seat judgment. You've got the marriage supper of the Lamb. We become the bride of Christ. We go over Ephesians chapter 5, and if we wanted to tonight, and, and talk about that. We go to other places and talk about you and I are the bride of Christ. 
never to be separated from him ever again. He takes us. We are robed in white linen, which is the purity, the righteousness of God. And then we'll, and we'll get into this later in, a, in another, uh, another night. From that point, there will be a, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Some wonder, say, well, is it going to be in heaven? Will that celebration be in heaven? Will it be uh, in the millennium? We'll talk about that a little bit later. I, nobody really knows when that's going to be. But there'll be a celebration. Nothing like it has ever happened before. Nothing will ever happen like it again. We are the bride of Christ. We are to live for him. We're to be a pure bride. To bring honor and glory to his name. Preacher, who is the rapture for? We kind of already covered that. But the rapture belongs to the church, the church only. You say, well, what about the Old Testament saints? They will not be a part of that rapture. They'll not be a part of that. They'll not be a part of that resurrection. That'll come. The rapture is for those who have been saved after Jesus Christ arose. He is the first fruit. He is the first of the resurrection. You say, well, preacher, how can Jesus Christ be the first of the resurrection? He himself raised Lazarus from the dead. He, ra he raised a young man from the dead as he touched the buyer and, and they come back to life. Is that not that a resurrection? That is not a complete resurrection. Why? Because they all died again. Jesus Christ is the first resurrection because he never died again. That's how he is the first resurrection. And you and I will have that same resurrection that we will never die again. You go over in Revelation there, he says, uh, he'll wipe away all tears. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. Why? Because it's for those who have experienced that resurrection. And so what we have is the church. It's solely for the church. It's our Savior's way of removing us from the terribleness of the situation that is about to come in which we don't belong, the tribulation. This is a promise to us. You're sitting here tonight and seldom do you think probably about that promise. But one of the greatest things that we can hold to and one of the greatest things that we have is that promise that He's coming in the air. My Savior is not dead. He's alive. And one day he's coming back for me. How do you know, preacher? He promised. He said, if I go away, he said, I'll come again. That where I am, there you may be also. For how long? Throughout all eternity. So we have the resurrection. You say, preacher, we'll deal with a little bit about the when probably next week. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, again, verse 16, begin with that. He says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever, mm, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then verse 18, he, doesn't, he didn't stop. He said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He said, you know what? Things get rough. He said, sit down, think about and talk about the, the rapture. You think, you, 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 you think it's going to get bad now? Well, you're going, to get a, you're going to get a bird's eye view from heaven how bad it's really going to get. I'm glad it's going to be a bird's eye view from heaven. Amen. He said, I'm coming back for you. When things get rough, when things get difficult in your life, you know, Lord sometimes takes us people home early. And we wonder why. But could I say that God has great plans? And that is for us to be with him throughout all eternity. Throughout all eternity. Let's bow. Father, we come to you this evening. We thank you for the promises of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the, the rapture. The rapture, Lord, that will keep us from the wrath to come. The rapture that, Lord, is going to bring about rewards. The rapture is going to bring about some wedding bells. The rapture is going to bring about, Lord, being in your presence through all eternity. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to walk after you. Lord, there is that judgment seat. Help us to live in such a way that you're glorified. And oh, Lord, people could look at this and say, well, this is information. No, this is a challenge for us to live for what's coming because there's a day coming called the rapture. Have your will and invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.